We're all looking to make more sustainable choices, but making your own shoes out of natural materials could pose a few challenges. The twigs and leaves in your backyard aren't exactly comfortable, and while mud does perfectly contour the feet, it doesn't score high on the durability front. But thanks to Allbirds, you can skip all the backyard experimentation. At the Allbirds Innovation Lab, they're doing all the sciencey stuff, like research and testing to create shoes from natural, sustainable materials. And their innovative processes mean using less of the bad stuff and more of the good, while making shoes unlike any other. Like the Plant Pacer, made with 100% plastic-free plant leather. The Tree Dasher, a running shoe made from eucalyptus tree fiber. And from Sugarcane, they've made the Super Light, their lightest shoe ever, by weight and carbon footprint. It's not rocket science. It's shoe science. Allbirds is making shoes better than natural. They're supernatural. Find your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family. With more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the 2021 NFL Draft and a huge win for the Syracuse lacrosse team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good to be with you. Uh, it's always a pleasure, and I know uh, a fun time of year for heck to almost the entire secondary of uh, of the Orange. Yeah, and Chris, that's a perfect segue into my first question, and we'll get you started on this one. I wanted your take on Andre Cisco. He was an All-American as a freshman, but he suffered a torn ACL last year. How do you see him as an NFL prospect, and does that torn ACL affect anything at all? You know, the 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 ACL will will have um we're still kind of trying to sort through some of the medicals because of the not having the combine but I, I I'm very optimistic that um you know Andre will certainly have a chance you never know how the medical grades they'll differ from team to team but um that is certainly a concern and it may affect uh not where you put him on the board but maybe um, where you might take him if somebody's quote unquote a little bit cleaner. He's just he's a really good player though, and I think he's he's got great versatility in his size, and you know he's such a late bloomer from the high school ranks, and yet you know really came in and did such a good job, and you know starting three years um, being productive is kind of unusual in today's world. Um, you know he's he's very aggressive. Again, position versatility. I mean, he can line up and cover guys inside and outside. Um, you know, I think I like his range deep. I like his ball skills. I like his playmaking instincts. I, you know, I think that, um, you know, while he'll give up his share of plays, I think he's got starter potential um, in the league. Um, and, you know, doesn't necessarily mean immediately. But obviously you worry a little bit about longevity. I just I feel very confident in what they're able to do today, and I don't, I don't sense or know of anything that would make us a concern that, oh, boy, we got early onset of arthritic conditions here. Um, that would certainly affect it, but I, I don't get the sense with that with him. 
you mentioned that Cisco was a late bloomer, but someone who was recruited from very early on and expected to be an NFL prospect out of high school was Trill Williams. How do you project his NFL career? Yeah, I think he'll be drafted a little bit later than than Andre. Um, but as you mentioned, was a really you know he was you know he was uh, obviously very highly recruited coming out of uh, of Yonkers, and you know I think a very talented guy. Um, he the thing that's a little bit different is he doesn't move as well. His transition speed, his ability to open up his hips and turns is not as quite as good. Um, he's not as instinctive as say Cisco, but he's got good size. He has good speed, not transition speed, such so quickness, but he's, but he can run and he's tough. I think he's an outside guy only. I don't like him playing inside. So the position versatility is not the same in my mind. You know, I think covering the two-way goals and whatnot are not going to be his strength. But I think he can lock on with his physical toughness and turn and run speed and be a, a, a potential developmental guy as an outside zone corner or even a nickel safety. I think he's got both of those qualities in him. Um, you know, so you know, that's kind of how I see him. Um, and, yeah, I remember his recruiting pretty well. I If I remember right, I think he was headed towards Rutgers kind of early in the recruiting life, maybe junior year, and then, then he switched to, to Syracuse. And, you know, I know BC and Pitt got in it, and I think Buffalo. And, of course, uh, I knew his brother, Karen, who played linebacker at Western Kentucky a few years back. So come from an athletic family, and I think he's got a chance to make it. But um, it's going to have to be in the right fit, his own team in particular. And the last of the trio is a Fatu Melifanwu who comes in from an under-recruited area in Massachusetts, but there's discussion that out of the three Syracuse secondary guys in the draft, he might be the best. Yeah, he's the best of the bunch. Um, I think he's really good. I think um, I think he reacts well to plays in front of him. I wouldn't say he has great instincts, but I think it's the way he reacts once he sees it is really good. I think he'll, over time, kind of learn how to anticipate a little bit better. But, man, you just cannot teach his length and his speed and his fluidity. Uh, I think he's a press man guy. I think, you know, the cover three schemes, kind of like what Seattle runs, really, really good fit for him. Just you don't get guys that move like he does that are that size. He's got that long galloping stride. He can close the gap real well. You know, it's not going to be the quickness in, in – short area because guys that guys don't um i don't think he's got great uh come out of his pedal but i think he's he's really for his size moves very well um he's gonna have to learn how to play the position a little bit more um cautiously meaning he's he's gonna have to learn how to to not grab as much those are technique issues he can he can uh, learn and grow from um He's a little bit late with recognition into the backfield. Um, but I think, you know, over time he's going to be really good. He, he lined up at right corner, as you well know, and Tony White's scheme. He played both man and zone. I think he's he's really good, and he comes from an athletic famer with the, with OB. And, um, I, you know, I think he's got the most upside and the most ability, and I, I think he'll be the first guy off the board of the three. 
Chris, thank you so much for coming on the program. Again, Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. He's been a coach, scout, and administrator at the college and NFL levels, giving us incredible insight into the 2021 NFL Draft. Chris, thanks so much for the time. Enjoy the NFL Draft, and we'll speak with you soon. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Enjoy it. Really awesome to get Chris's take on the three Syracuse defensive backs. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse lacrosse saved its season on Saturday with a 13-11 win over number 5 Virginia. The Orange was without leading scorer Chase Scanlon, who was suspended indefinitely last week. But Owen Seabold started in his place and scored four points, and Syracuse finally got some production at the faceoff X. Just a big win all around for the Orange on Saturday. Everything certainly did go right for the uh, entire game for Syracuse in pulling that road win in the ACC against Virginia. And I have a theory on this, Wes, and this isn't predicated on inside information, but kind of just being around Syracuse lacrosse for as long as I have and knowing the seniors that are leading the team this year. My my thoughts about this are that after Chase Scanlon was suspended, and, and when you're suspended indefinitely, you know that has to be some sort of infraction that warrants a suspension. So you have to think about that for a second. You know, a player has to do something uh, that is so, you know, out of line with what a Syracuse lacrosse player should be, the commitment they make to play in a, pro- in a program that is as rich in tradition as it is. So when you suspend a player indefinitely, that's a big deal. And so when that happens, you know, the week of a game and the coach gets the team into a post-practice huddle and, you know, is letting them know what's going on and, hey, you're going to be without your teammate for the rest of the season probably and certainly indefinitely as they termed it. And, you know, he's the leading scorer statistically on the team. Well, it's time for the players then to regroup. And I think the senior leadership here took over as Syracuse prepared for this, you know, road test against Virginia. And let's face it, there's so much parity in the ACC. I mean, Virginia, North Carolina, Duke, Notre Dame, and Syracuse, the margin of error is so slim, despite the fact that Syracuse was blown out by Notre Dame and North Carolina, despite the fact that Syracuse blew out Virginia in the Dome earlier in the season, these games are practically a toss-up. There's just so much talent on all five teams in the ACC. So think about it. The players got together. They knew the season was on the line. They needed a win to show the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee, and you know, it came together, and, and, and it starts with the seniors. You know, Drake Porter in goal, he's just been fantastic uh, when you think about, you know, the, the games he's been peppered with shots. And then, you know, I think of Brendan Curry, Jamie Tromboli, Stephen Rafis coming back. This is just senior leadership that is sticking out, and Tucker Dordovich coming back from injury. And then the talented players that fill in, and, of course, as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, Fop at the faceoffs is just so critical to running that team's offense so tip of the hat you know uh to to john john desco and his staff as well and you know think about that too wes i mean the coaching staff takes a lot of hits and sometimes certainly warranted games they shouldn't be losing to you know lower seated teams but consistency is about you know that you're you're winning if you're consistent and syracuse lacrosse coaching has certainly always been consistent and even in tough times john desco is still working it he's been doing this long enough and so yeah salute to the team for beating virginia now the next test comes against notre dame 
They said, of course, everything is eyeing towards an NCAA tournament berth. Brad, you mentioned the NCAA tournament berth. Syracuse came into the Saturday 5-4 and four overall, 1-3 and three in the ACC. After the win, they moved to 6-4 and four overall and 2-3 and three in the very competitive ACC. Was that enough to secure an NCAA bid, keeping in mind that they have another game against Notre Dame and could potentially schedule another game for the weekend of May 8th to make up for the cancellation of Utah? I certainly think it puts them north of the line they need to be right now, but that's saying that, you know, heading into the final regular season game at Notre Dame. But as of now, I'd say, yes, there's still other lacrosse to be played in other leagues and who may steal a bid at an automatic qualifier conference in in which there may be a second team that's, you know, had a great season and also would get an at-large bid. So, you know, saying it in that context, I, I, I think at this point, yes, Syracuse has done enough because the ACC is so good, I think the committee will realize and look at the results, so many one-goal games in the conference, and um, I I do think that they are. And I wanted to lead into what I was going to say, so how's the tournament going to operate this season? So a little bit more insight on that. The committee has narrowed it down to six sites to host the first-round game. So it's not like it was in the past where the top eight seeds got a home game and the other eight teams, you know, went on the road in the first round. This year it's going to be, you know, four sites um, that they've looked at. So, you know, that's Syracuse, I think, likely end up playing probably in Albany. I think Albany would be one of the sites along with Maryland for that first round and uh, the following rounds at Hofstra and Notre Dame in the quarterfinals. So I think Syracuse is, you know, in the tournament looking to schedule a final regular season game on Friday, May 7th. I don't think they want to play the 8th. Uh, Selection Sunday is Sunday, May 9th. And uh, they would learn, you know, where they would go uh, into a site that's being designated by the NCAA for the first round. But at this point, I think all signs point to making a postseason appearance. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. I can't help but think, Wes, that Syracuse football may have missed an opportunity. And by that, I mean having one of their uh, spring type of events showcased on the ACC network. I thought about this last weekend when I saw that uh, the ACC network had a day of coverage of various spring games and previously had covered other teams. And this past weekend, those stood out to me because BC and Pittsburgh were featured in separate spring game TV shows. And I think while Dino Babers likes to be kind of under the radar and going into this critical sixth season, kind of, you know, maybe, you know, away from the headlines and kind of doing everything quietly in spring practice this year and trying to sneak up and, you know, surprise people in the ACC come next season, I think it's always good to have something that's going to be, you know, a, a PR version of your program. And I think that's what kind of was missed here for Syracuse and spring football this season. Sure, they were talked about on the other talk shows and the other football specialty spring shows. They touched upon Syracuse football, but I think there was perhaps an opportunity missed in having a more extensive or formal spring game televised as programming, something that would be really important for the, you know, selling where the program is, what they look to achieve in the 2021 season, and of course for the ever uh, continuing you know, process of recruiting. Brad, my closing thoughts are on the women's lacrosse team. We just talked about a big ACC win for the men's team against Virginia, but the women's team also picked up a huge win, 
dominating Boston College on Saturday with a 16-7 victory. That improved Syracuse to 12-2 on the season, 8-2 in ACC play, and as a result, the Orange will be the two-seed in the ACC tournament. Emma Tyrell scored a career-high six goals, while her sister Megan added two. Just an all-around great weekend for the Orange lacrosse teams. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I want to learn how to say action, speak louder in words, and sign language. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just three thirty-three. Or mix and match. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.